Not everyone is destined for greatness. These are their stories. Welcome to Very Random Encounters. But this is the after show. I'm after Logan. I'm after Lee. I'm after Travis. And I'm after Greg. (laughs) I don't know if that's funny yet or not. I don't know. It's at least the dumbest joke we've we've done on this podcast. And that's saying a lot. (laughs) Okay. Oh, gosh. So this is not going to be an episode where we go on adventures in our imaginations. We do the next best thing. Talk about adventures. <laughs> this episode is going to be a fever dream for me later oh. when I'm like, what happened? <laughs> that means you'll be like extra punchy, right? That's Probably. <laughs> I don't know how we want to structure this, but I have like notes of a few little things I wanted to bring up about the last season and what I would propose to do for season two and that sort of thing. I don't know how we want to structure it, though. So in my head, I was going to, like, you know, let you guys know about all the random stuff and, like, how it shook out and and then go into it. So then everybody is sort of on the same page as far as... Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. So I so I put this at the top of the page. This is definitely pretty obvious, but this is complete we're going to go complete spoilers on the whole season. So if this is the first time you're tuning into this show, you should probably listen to you know the, the first show. episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you should listen, listen to the show before, show you, listen before you listen to the after show. And then the after joke <laughs> might actually make sense and not be the worst thing we've ever done. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that's the spoiler warning out of the way. Um, so I'm just, you know, like you guys, I think it was pretty clear how we randomized characters. I just had a chart of literally every um, race that has been printed in like a major release because that's what we said we wanted to do. And I just numbered them one to 22 and you guys gave me a random number one to 22. And actually everybody hit a random number that they wanted. So that was <laughs> that was a weird start. Then the names, I like fantasy name generators is just a just a great it's place. A huge it's place. Got, <laughs> yeah, it's got so many charts. There's drop downs for like for the fantasy names drop down, there's like a hundred different types of fantasy names where you can get what's the actual URL types. just so we can fantasy name generators.com. Okay. And I'll send a doc with with these links so that you can put them in the show notes. So cool. we'll have and I'll probably left. forget to do it. Cool. <laughs> yeah, no no big. Uh but yeah, fantasynamegenerators.com has a plethora of names. And then whenever you click on one of them, like let's go to real names. Um I got weird with like like I don't want to just like grab the traditionally Hebrew Jewish names as on purpose, so I just like rolled on this. I, I you do I don't know. That's a weird. I. <sighs> it just feels weird being like, yes, I will. I will take Greek name. Like like yeah. Y- so you, I'm guessing you rolled 
a number originally to determine which name generator you are choosing. And right. then once you generated names, it gives you like a list of 10 or something if memory serves. Yes. And then you rolled one through 10 or whatever it was. Yes. And so there's like a, a whole bunch of them with fantasy names. And I didn't like, I thought it was too easy if I just gave you guys a random one of your, um, your race that you rolled. So I had a chart of, okay, if they roll, I think I gave you a D6. And if you rolled three or four on the D6, then you'd have a name appropriate to your race. But otherwise, it's it's just one of the other ones that I randomly rolled. Uh, and one of them was Fursona name generator, which I thought was funny. Um, I didn't mean to imply in the first episode like that it's like negative or bad to have a Fursona name. It just would be obviously not making sense for your character. Um, totally. But I did say like, yeah, I did say like I didn't. You shouldn't roll to one. Um, I didn't mean that as a as a slight to furries. Um, just that it definitely wouldn't make any sense for any characters. Oh, Although it oh, ended don't up worry. being, we, uh, I, I think, I think in wearing the deer costume at mm, the yeah. end of the season, I think, <laughs> I think any ill will has been. I think that that burned bridge has been uh, fully repaired. <laughs> right. We brought it full circle. We yes ended Zegnil into a furry suit, so <laughs> all fine. Um. Okay, so that was that was one of the name generators. There's also who the fuck is my DM care character? Yeah. Um, these these are for these are for backgrounds, by the way. Like you, you guys rolled randomly to determine your background. A d6 on your background. Uh, so fantasy name generators also has backstory descriptions. So there was a couple of different ones that I went for as far as randomly rolling that. And who the fuck is my DM character? You mean D and D character? D and D character. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was that was the shortest thing. I don't know that anybody got that one, but I do remember that Lee rolled the on the jackass table, which is the the first instance of the dungeon dozen. That's rolladd12.com. Let me let me make sure. Oh, it's roll1d12.blogspot.com. Um this is just a ton of charts for RPGs, it may be appropriate to use some of them on like later seasons. It was a huge resource for me. I'll get into it later. But um, this was the first instance of that one where there was one that was like, your character is a jackass and this is how they're a jackass. Yeah. Um, so Gregory Hayden was a jackass because they like, she she never had money on hand, but she always said that she'd pay for something, but then she didn't. But then yeah. you sort of turned that on into like informing that she's a huckster. And I don't know. I, I liked it as informing the character and not also writing a ton for it. Yeah. Yeah. It gave me somewhere to go. And, you know, I mean, it's, it is random. The game is random, but so much of it still has to come from somewhere. Right. Exactly. And it was weird because Gavidnet had a pretty detailed backstory from, I think it was from the fantasy name generator site. Um, and it had a ton, like, Wow, but clearly it was randomly created because everybody died of dryness. I, I I don't know how Fantasy Name Generators creates their backstory content, but it's clearly a little bit random in there as well. That was the PCs. Um, when I rolled up the main villain of the campaign, I used a similar process where I just determined the race randomly, and um, there's a really good place for stats, which was... Hold on, let me... Pull up Sean's email. Oh, also, Sean McCoy was just, like, instrumental. Stop saying in... people's last names. 
Well, I mean, he's <laughs> oh, he's, he's, public, he's a podcaster. Okay. Yeah, he's a podcaster. Yeah, he 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 uh, podcasts under his own name, and I don't think he's gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Sean Mc. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no free advertisement. To hear that last name, he has to pay us twenty bucks. Uh, but anyway, Sean helped me out a ton. Sent me a ton of links. The one for uh, it's. It's actually, it's a character.totalpartykill.ca, and that was really cool because it gives you 10 NPCs with full stats at a time. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, I would probably great. use that all the time, and I, I could use that all the time in the mm-hmm. game I run. Right. Uh, I think so, too. It's a really good, it's a really good tool. And um, so then I had just, like, a store of, you know, when Francisco came out. There's no reason that he ever needed these stats, but it was good to know that he had them in case you guys decided you wanted to beat him to death or something, you know? Let's see. Oh, oh, so Saku. Um, so she didn't have a name for a while, but I knew she was a, a paladin. She, you know, she rolled randomly to have a paladin and tiefling, and I just sort of went with it from there. And then I wanted to have a structure for the adventure. So for that, I used random D&D, the Twitter account, which is also by Sean. Like, he programmed the bot. At random D and D, but it's a random RPG generator, and basically I just rolled a D one hundred, and then counted backwards in its timeline. So the first one that I got was the princess banishes you to a subterranean tower run by wild scorpions. The signs <laughs> tell that the black cleric of hell rests nearby. So <laughs> that was the first one. <laughs> And it took it took until the last episode to tie all of that together, but I I feel like I did a pretty good job. You <laughs> yeah. Got it. That is pretty much what happened. And uh, I wanted Saku to have like weird things going on, so there was a chart in the the dungeon dozen that was like quirks for the big bad, and the quirk for the big bad on that chart was produces highly ambitious, totally obscene designs for mosaics. Then painstakingly implements them on walls, floors, ceilings, and in, by they are painstakingly implemented on floors, walls, and ceilings by industrious, jovial, talkative slave creatures. <laughs> so that I felt like that lent itself to the other one that said it was run by wild scorpions. Okay, if it's run by wild scorpions, then they are the jovial, talkative slave creatures. Right. So that became that really filled in a lot of the gaps. That's why there's so many scorpions everywhere and why they're so willing to just like sort of chill with you guys. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, after a while, I felt like we needed another uh, random D&D, like the Twitter thing, because, you know, I felt like you guys had pretty much explored all of that, especially once I gave you the bar relief of that worm coming up. Like I was like, okay, well, this is as far as it went. Uh, so I need to have some more adventure to go on. So I got another uh, random D&D, which was, again, a D100, and then went back in its timeline. Uh, this was, you fall by a repugnant coliseum fraught with singing goblins. You've heard the cool. evil god of heights was beaten here. So that was the turning point where I was like, well, I got to make some music. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'll be damned if these goblins ain't gonna sing. Can we can we tell that story? Because uh, I love this part of it. Maybe we talked about it on the episode, <laughs> but I don't think we did in uh, detail. But Logan texted no. me 
one day before we had recorded the episode where we reached the Coliseum, Logan texted me, hey, I can't tell you what it's for, but you're the only person who I know who knows how to play the trumpet. Can you, if I send you myself singing a melody, can you play it? Can you send, I think what you said was like, can you send me like a dirty trumpet lick of yourself playing it? And I took that as like, dirty as in like bluesy because the because i mean what you were singing was on the blues scale so i was like okay i can do that so i just recorded it and then and sent it to you and then you're like uh no i actually mean like dirty as in bad like the (laughs) the fictional characters playing this are playing it very poorly so i was like oh okay i can have fun with this so i took all of like the uh I took like the top five middle middle school trumpet mistakes I could think of. So one of them was doesn't know how to swing eighth notes. So everything is a a rigid uh, eighth note. One of them was sticky, forgot to oil their valves. So the valves were really sticky. That's the one that like starts playing like way after because uh, (laughs) he slows down so much trying to play the melody that by the time he's done, uh, Everyone else has already finished. Um, one of them I just decided uh, didn't actually remember to bring their trumpet, but remembered their mouthpiece, so just played it on the mouthpiece. Uh, one of them was like, uh, could only play low notes, so it was like the an octave lower. I can't remember what the fifth one was, but I uh, I had a lot of fun with that. And then when we got there, I was like, oh no, it's about to happen. And then Logan played us the recording that that he made the the mix that he made of it with his vocals over My it. hot mix. Yeah, <laughs> and that was I mean like it was so. I don't know, like if I wasn't fully invested in making this like a musical show. Then what pushed it over the edge was in the same episode, Greg decided to have a song ready for Gooby's yeah. Song of Rest. Yep. It was fantastic. Uh, so now I've, this is before I've written the uh, the the most challenging music I'm sure that's going to be, which is the, for the last episode. But I've already made nine s- songs, which is nuts. And like with various degrees of, help from you guys or um i mean a lot of singing from greg there's there's like four gooby tracks yeah and five if you include the one that's just like his like winning the crowd over song it's my new album um it's my new career (laughs) yeah professional bard Um, so yeah yeah, i can't wait till gooby goes solo (laughs) but he did (laughs) oh that's true yeah okay so after getting the Coliseum stuff, I wanted to have something random happen every episode. Uh, at least a couple of random things happen every episode. So there was, I want, I did a dungeon dozen in every single episode. That's a, they have like a PDF. The guy has a PDF, uh, that's like 200 pages long of these D 12 charts. And I would just roll one through the last page in the book and then try to implement that somehow. So like, you know, the weird, the acid, ooze that was stuck on the monster's eyes for forever in the Coliseum mm-hmm. that the goblins yeah. threw. Yep. That was one of them. Uh, Raymond Bell and his crew were one of the dungeon dozen things. It was like zealots who were naked and covered in tattoos. It it all just worked together so well. Like it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, and then one of them was, uh, w- the form of 
the Black God of Hell because I didn't really know what that thing's deal was. So it was, um, it ended up being a worm, and then it was cr- artworms, creators of mad, surreal, non-representational sculpture, sojourn through the solid earth in search of great caverns in need of mind-bending decoration. And like, how yeah. how nice of a bow <laughs> does that tie it into? <laughs> it's, it's weird how with just a little bit of, of you guys helping me out and being game to say sure for everything it it just made sense it it made its own kind of sense the dungeon itself the sexy mystery murder maze did you use that uh donjon website that one's really really cool yes donjon um yeah it is super great um it makes an entire map and then also like fills in details of like what the doors look like and stuff like which doors are trapped which doors are locked and this is actually where Saku's name comes from because when I r- rolled it up, it was the Black Chambers of Saku the Crimson. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's where Saku comes from. And the now, was was the make it weird room a result of Don? Like that one is boggles my mind. The, the strangeness <laughs> of yeah, the so action some of the, figure room. Some of the rooms uh, just weren't that interesting so uh let's see this one was called the it just said planning room it doesn't fill in a ton of gaps for you and i was like how can i make this and i wanted to have an open-ended puzzle that doesn't you know i'm that doesn't it's not just like a riddle that you either either figure it out or you don't instantly get right you you instantly get and it's too easy or you never get and it's too hard make it weird I like I'm pretty proud of myself on that one. It's it's just exactly as much as you guys want to do with it or little <laughs> and and then I just I'm like, "Okay, yep, it's weird enough. All right, let's go." <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was just it it just said planning room and I wanted to make it a little bit more interesting than just having like a desk in there or whatever. Uh the war is over room. That was it just says war is over is emblazoned on the wall. Uh, and red button in the hands of a large dragon statue in the middle of the room. So that all yeah. that all came from Don John. I loved that red button. Yeah, that red button was yeah, our best. Was that red button was our best friend. <laughs> that was the best thing that probably happened to us. Was the red button. <laughs> I, I did. I love that red that. button. Made us. I friends. kept trying to think. Yeah, that's like true. at the end of everything, I'm like. So did war is over actually have any meaning, or was it just a thing? So so here's my putting together what happened in in this thing if if you'll indulge me. Uh Well, I mean, I believe... uh, can I give you my fan theory? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, so my fan theory is Saku was not originally like a villainous person. She came across these uh sort of like catacombs that were ruled over by this black god of hell and because it was causing that like presence was causing like strife and feud around the region. And so she came to seal away the black God of hell. And uh, for some reason, in order to keep him sealed, she had to keep slaying the wicked and that turned her um, and and that like that duty made her into a uh, worse 
person and that that worst person is the saku we saw and fought so like war is over could sort of be like the victory chant that she might have said the you know when she originally sealed away the black god of hell and then like you know this this it turns into this sort of ritual sacrifice of people that are deemed wicked and then you know we come along we kill saku that lets the black god of hell out and then we kill him and everything's great <laughs> uh, but yeah but, that's basically how yeah. i saw it too yeah yeah that's that that is essentially exactly what i saw to fill in a few more details i feel like the black god of hell uh you know it it's a this weird worm that creates mind-bending art and i think that that gradually snuck into saku's mind and she passed it on to her scorpion friends that they have to fill the whole thing with these these yeah. decorations yeah that's basically what how i saw it as well any other randomness you wanted to reveal before we went on like discussions of characters or discussions of what we liked and didn't like that sort of thing yeah um well i mean there was the, with the coliseum it was kind of obvious that i i just got i, I wanted the audience to have roles yeah. cuz it's not it's not hard to roll it but or send in send in your d20 roll um but you guys immediately were like okay we got to make sure that this is actually random you got to send in video i'm like oh but it doesn't really matter <laughs> but it did so um we have like everybody had to send in video of them rolling or send me a video. So I've got proof of everything. I wanted to sort of like some of them send in really nice, like, like Ronnie sent in yeah. a really cool video and I wanted to sort of put her vocals into the piece, but that, that would probably be a ton of effort. So we didn't end up doing that. Um, as far as like what the goblins threw, I just had a chart that I made of like, and they they kept hitting that different goblin. <laughs> yeah, and also instruments. Yeah, yeah, and the ensorcelated hairdo that was another ensorcelled hairdo was another uh, roll a d twelve chart on the dungeon dozen. I'm assuming um, the Terminator head was as well. Yes, yes, it was <laughs> a uh, a robot head with one working laser eye. Um, uh, also the voices, like I, I just made a list of all the voices that I can do. <laughs> and then, uh, so that's like a, I've got a list of 24 here. And then every time that you, that a character needed to talk, I just rolled on that chart. Um, so that's why Saku <laughs> sounds so squeaky and weird. Uh, um, it's perfect though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And oh, 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 oh the secret word. Now I hate the secret word, and we'll get into that later. But <laughs> oh, I think everyone I think, does. I think yeah. that was a universal. Yeah, but it, the thing is, it never it was, was great, bad it was for a, you guys. It was a great idea. No, I don't. It wasn't that it was. It like turned out. It was bad. never because it was bad. It was always because the idea was an absolute flow stopper. Like yeah. we never knew a, we never knew what it was. Uh, and half the time right. neither did you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, I knew what it was. It's just, you knew you just couldn't remember. Let me tell you the nightmare scenario that actually happened. I think it's episode four. This was, uh, yeah. So I, it was either episode three or four. 
where it's the one where we first meet uh Shustrom, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um it's the one where we decide to climb up in the ducts. Is it the one where we thought I yes. had said it, but then I I never said it? Right. Right, right, right. So so we we go up through the ducts uh, and then later like 20 minutes later Logan is like hmm I think like I think like 20 minutes ago Gregory <laughs> Hayden said the secret word. So then we had to trash that 20 minutes of recording go back like do the same things again with uh, with like resolve the secret word with the weird resolve yeah, the secret word add it in which okay it was resolve the secret word and then and then it, it gets worse because and then i get to editing it and i realize gregory had never said oh no it. actually gregory did not say the word, so I had to make up a false secret word that <laughs> Gregory did, in fact, say, right. uh, which felt like cheating, but it's like, we, well, we had recorded we already it, did and it. we recorded it that way, and yeah, it, I, the secret word is a fantastic idea. I think it's just, it breaks the flow of gameplay well, in an unnecessary way, because because Logan has to be like, wait, wait, stop what we're doing. You said the secret word, now a thing I happens. Mean, as- and yeah. as a person that runs games, you already have so many things so you're keeping much. track yeah. of. So much. And yeah. then you have to yeah, so carefully have to pay attention to every single that word that the people yeah, are saying. Right. And you're like, uh, was that? Yeah. I mean, it's a fantastic idea. And when you did it, my DM brain literally said, Oh, why are you doing that to yourself? <laughs> why? Why? I just wanted I just wanted there to be another like an element. Like I really like the idea of the something happens chart. Um yeah. on the DM screen. Although that something happens chart was yeah. stupid. So I I only took the interesting things and then I outsourced like a Reddit something happens chart and only took the good things from that one too. Like please believe there were some bad ones on there too. But uh, th- so there was just a lot of stuff that could have happened, but all that happened was Francisco came out a bunch yeah. of times. My good well, buddy. And then there was snow f- that fell that created weird, uh, that, that revealed, um, uh, desperate messages. That was the other yeah. one we got. Yeah. And that actually did like you guys made the complete decision to go up into the ducks at that point. And, I feel like going up into the ducts and befriending the scorpions were the two reasons why this group perhaps made it all the way to Saku and and defeated her as opposed to other ones. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I think, think that that, that spur different. of decision uh, of that random event, although I think running into other people that have been trapped would have also sort of pressed us to that moment. If, you know, if we kept yeah. going out and ran into Gene or... That poor soul lying in the sulfur room that now has a steam baby. <laughs> I, I think all of those would have driven us to like, there's just, we have to find a shortcut to get out of here. I think that secret word just pushed us to do it sooner. Yeah. My steam baby is definitely my favorite part of the game. Like, <laughs> I was so like, I didn't really care about my character and I was just like, this is a fun game and I'm having fun, but like, I don't care. She could die and it's fine. But then like she had a steam baby and it was like, oh, but well, maybe I do like her and maybe I have <laughs> more fun and you know. <laughs> um, That, okay. So steamy 
was a random thing as well. Um, it was I rolled on the uh, Dungeon Dozen chart that there was goblin tech, um, and it was a a goblin machine that lays large eggs upon starting and and then it, you know I can't have an egg that doesn't hatch into something so I just yeah. rolled I just actually no I uh I went to the Kobold Fight Club and just gave, just went with a one monster encounter and it was a steam method so that's why steamy hatched out of that egg <laughs> never introduce an element so, that you aren't going to use cuz people will obsess on that one thing uh, what, like what do you if, mean? You, if you did like, an egg and people were like, whatever happened to the egg? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you guys one thing. Um, I I noted that there was a nail that looked out of place, and Gregory Hayden, um, took it, and that was that was actually in the the donjon dungeon. It it just said it was a hobnail. You you put it. No no no. This was this was part of the dungeon dozen too. So it so Gregory Hayden has this thing or had this thing on her person that is a hobnail that you pound into a goblin's head to produce a hobgoblin. Oh, um, I forgot I had it. <laughs> yeah, but it's but it's because it was just a nail and there would be yeah. no reason for you to sit down <laughs> and be like, what is this nail about? Drinking the statue's piss, I thought that would turn into something, but it didn't. That I was, thought it would that be like, up... you have a plus one to whatever, <laughs> you have a minus one to this thing. Sometimes a whiskey um, just dick. A whiskey just dick. a whiskey dick. Sometimes. Just uh, there that one, a second. That one also is from, that <laughs> one is also from the, the Don John. It was, um, let's see, where did, where'd it go? Imagine if whiskey was just like all over dicks though. <laughs> that that would be bad for me. So remember at the beginning of the show where you said that this whole thing would feel like a fever dream to you by the time you're done because you're feeling ill. Uh, yeah. This is gonna be the moment. Right. That's you're like. Well, I said what now? We have editing. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I oh, mm-hmm. what? There is, but that's, that's not, not getting that's cut not out. Not getting the cut. That's no, for no, sure. No. <laughs> So so Don John gave me this wonderful I, I don't know what it is but I rolled up all of the sexualized stuff in all of the randomizers but Don John uh had a room that says statue of satyr urinates quality alcohol weak stream Thanks weak for the stream. tips Oh <laughs> weak stream It's a weak stream like Okay um I I did like that was I wanted it to come up again and that's when the dwarf um recruiter that was another uh dungeon dozen thing that she like stopped the elevator and said hey right i'm recruiting for this thing um oh so gregory I, did eat something because she drank the whiskey right exactly i didn't eat you, breakfast but i yeah did drink but you drank the whiskey so you all took something out so i wanted that to be something where like it is something sinister going on in the maze, but it didn't end up mattering because the the surviving characters had eaten something that is more obvious and bad than than the whiskey. But you guys would all have been whatever effect lingers about the maze. All the characters had it. Dun dun dun. So that was so how tune in never when we, <laughs> we uh, never when we play anything ever, with that yeah. again. Never say never. I feel like I feel like if we yeah, if we ever for whatever reason, if we if we got like a huge following and did like a live show, I feel like we we take it back to square one. That's true. <laughs> That'd be fun. It would yeah. be fun, yeah. 
Um, I we should have ended that episode with uh, Gregory Hayden is dead. Long live Gregory Hayden. Oh, yeah. we, hey, we, we can still, we can edit we can it still in, do well, that. Well, that's true. Yeah. 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 Gregory Hayden is dead. Long live Gregory Hayden. That's so good. I know. I've been thinking about that all week. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's talk about our our I mean, Lee, you kind of started it with how you ended up feeling about your character. But let's. Uh, how about we how about we just talk about like what we ended up thinking about our individual characters because i think that would be an interesting discussion and like how we s- thought of them at first and then maybe how that might have changed as time went on that sort of thing yeah i mean i can just finish what since i was already talking about it um i think part of my problem is just that i'm so new to this like i mean i have, like video games i guess you create characters but like in terms of pen and paper rpgs this is definitely I've only ever played three games. I'm still in the middle of two of them. Um, <laughs> so when I created Gregor Hayden, or I guess when she was created, it she, I guess it still kind of felt more like how video games feel, where it's like, it's just a thing that you're taking control of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Which, and I, I mean, obviously I still had a lot of say in her character or whatever. And part of it too is just my own hang up about having to do voices. Which, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like I hate her because I have to talk differently for her. But yeah. So, yeah, I I, want to come on on top saying like, I love that voice so much. It's so funny (laughs) every time. And it was also like, like you put in that detail pretty early on that she's sort of affecting it as like a some kind of coping mechanism. I know. I meant to right at the end. And I'd been thinking about it the whole time um, that right at the end she was gonna like just kind of talk a little bit more like maybe like me but piratey like kind of and then i actually got really caught up in doing the scorpion thing and then her dying that i was just like no wait i had more stuff there was more i wasn't done with this life (laughs) she was yeah she had so so many plans to do (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man so yeah but i had i was thinking about that but i never i never got to like fully pull back on it and like give her her real voice well i i, I like v- what gregory added to the party because like sure i mean like both gregory and gavidnit have like criminal pasts but like mm-hmm. gregory adds this element where like you you have like or you had like a and I think maybe there was something similar with with Gavinit, but more so with Gregory that you you had a team before this yeah. who mm-hmm. you were very close with, and so like I think it it really amplified the feeling of like these are strangers uh, forced to work together, and then by the end of the season, that's a very yeah. different story. Yeah, because definitely I think in her mind, like, she was never going to do that again. Like, she, so in my head, canon, she was training under the last Gregory Hayden and, like, this big storm came and, like, there are things that she could have done and I don't know enough about boats, but, like, in my head, there's things she could have done to, like, maybe help save people or whatever, but she just, like, got on a lifeboat and peaced out. 
And she didn't like try to help anybody or try to do anything. And she's the only one that survived. But like she did actually care about those people. It's just when the moment actually came, she froze and she didn't do the right thing. And that's what and your randomly generated personality trait was, was like, exactly. You well, that's flee when from. the going gets rough. Yeah. Right. And that's so, goofy, right? yeah, I, I had, ah, well, shoot, I had whatever. The, yeah. Well, things get, get bad. I, I would turn tail and run, which, which I'll, I'll talk on a little bit. Having her decide like, okay, I can, I can open up again and be like, I can have another crew. I can have another chance at this. I can actually be, you know, the pirate I'm supposed to be or whatever. That was kind of the thought about it. so sad. I know. And then Steamy, too, was just like, she had something to take care of, like something that mattered more than her. I'm not crying. Steamy was just flying around my face. (laughs) (laughs) Steamy, steaming onions. Onion steamer. Steamy. Oh, man. And then Steamy ended up saving the day. I know. It It was good stuff. My sweet baby boy. So, yeah, that was basically... I I feel like a lot of my, the reasons I didn't like it at the beginning just have more to do with mine experience than anything. Who's next, me or Goovy? Whoever, it doesn't matter. The thing with Zegnil is like, I got half of the thing. I mean, I, I guess this is sort of how randomly generated characters are going to work anyway. I got kind of like half of what I wanted. Like my dream result for race was Fearbolg. I uh, didn't know a lot about them going in, but I was like, oh, I I could end up with any race from the player's handbook or Volo's Guide to Monsters. I should probably figure out what those are. And after I read Fearbolgs, I was like, oh, I kind of really love these things and kind of love what they're yeah. all about. And then I rolled Fearbolg. Um, and I love that. I was hoping to not roll a fighter, barbarian, paladin, cleric, because I I mostly uh, run games when I've been playing D&D, but um, I, in the last few games that I've played, uh, I mean, and it's been my choice, but in the last few games I've played, I've played uh, sort of upfront combat, characters like uh people who listen to the show are likely to listen to mythical the pokemon uh tabletop role-playing game game show that uh (laughs) three of us do for uh uh, the pokemon podcast uh dot com and i played a cleric and then i played a barbarian and i was like hmm i hope i roll something that doesn't sit up front uh with a high AC and a lot of hit points. And well, that's, um, that's what I rolled, but I ended up having fun with it anyway, because it forced me to play the character differently because I didn't roll high strength. So I had to be a little more creative with what being a barbarian with negative one strength modifier. meant. (laughs) So just statistically, that was kind of interesting. And then in terms of like personality and arc, I feel like Zegnon probably changed the least yeah, maybe. in the party, um, which I was fine with because, like, uh, I, well, I mean, Zegnon was, was always, like, a calm, 
person and then used channeled anger when necessary and that was sort of throughout but i think the main like arc there was like uh someone who was um awkward maybe or someone who was like uh doesn't operate in society the way like <laughs> mainstream society expects a person to right like Zagnon yeah. comes from a very different culture, has like very different manners, and yet still was able to make uh, two friends that are like, <laughs> you know, two best friends, you know? And I think that's sort of Zagnon's mm -hmm. arc. So Zagnon didn't really change, but it, that, that's sort of like an accomplishment Zagnon had. And I, I like uh, what happened there. I, I thought Zagnon was forced into. The, or the most forced into creatively playing mm -hmm. because its stats were so bad, like everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I agree, yeah. That everything was like, uh, I throw a bird seed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I talk to them about how good they could be. I try to convince right, them that right. it's okay. Um, right. So I, I like oh, that. With a 10 thought, AC, yeah. Yeah. I thought that forced... The group yeah. really to to make decisions collectively differently. Desperate times, totally. Uh, yeah, Gregory <laughs> Hayden responded to him really well because she'd never really been in a situation where someone was like, "Well, yeah, but we don't have to fight. We don't have to do that. Yeah, yeah. We could just talk." And she's, yeah. you know, from her point of view, that was like the fuck. <laughs> what, what is this talking? And, and someone who is capable of fighting right because like you were uh, you were impressed by the anger so like the prospect of someone i the way i read it was like the prospect of someone who could rip a jackal to shreds yeah. choosing not to was was quite an influence on yeah Gregory. yeah like i wish i could do those things and i would to everybody yeah. but <laughs> you can and you don't it was good What's Goofy's story? So, Goofy was very much, um, I think the sort of form of what I figured out who Goofy was, was during the background process when, uh, like, I, you know, Criminal was just like, okay, you know, whatever, what does that mean? But when it was the hired killer part, um, combined with the terrible dryness backstory uh <laughs> sort of formed this picture of this person who was a criminal not because that was what he chose but that's it was much more that's where he ended up and that's what he ended up being good at uh and sort of like uh as logan can attest i wrote a very long not very long, but I wrote a, a long backstory sort of filling in how the gaps and so that I had it set in my head that sort of mm -hmm. locked everything into place to who he was and why he treated everybody, uh, both in the party and in the dungeon the way he did. Um, and one of the key things was sort of that idea that he was wrongly imprisoned and he was wrongly imprisoned here. So he viewed everybody who was there very differently than he viewed Saku. So Jean mm. was given a chance. The goblins, if they weren't taken away, were all 
given let's like give them a chance but if they attack first then you 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 pay that back you don't let those things go unanswered but saku absolutely from the minute he was in there and once again wrongly imprisoned there was no chance of redemption in his brain for that person um and that's sort of why that ending scene played yeah, out because yeah. i knew like there was a, in my brain a tension of uh zegnion's choices versus finishing the job which is why i chose to end the spell and and in in sort of gooby's mind it was then we will let let go and let go yeah, let fate decide if somehow <laughs> zegnion can pull this off then that's how it ends out and if not both endings are were fine in his in his sort of worldview um and i think yeah uh sort of how he uh the stats also sort of filled out that he was much more of a cerebral character than a, a fighter you know he tended to always try to talk mm -hmm. his way through things um because as a person that had to get in with people to get into their homes to get into their graces that is just he was always sort of a pleasant get to, get on their good side become their friend and then figure out who they actually are after the fact and that's sort of how i always drove him going into any of the interactions with people um and it's also you know he wasn't necessarily lying uh when uh up in the things when he said he'd rather be with his old crew because he frankly trusted them <laughs> completely and didn't know this group's intentions like it still wasn't clear at right. that point who these people were and 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 how like maybe they, we weren't yeah maybe they present. weren't you know maybe who knows they could have been here correctly i mean and i, I think at also partly in gooby's mind he was like oh yeah i am here for a reason i do actually kill people uh yeah for money. i think gregor hayden was always like right yeah gregor hayden was always like yeah i mean we do, we bad, do shit, bad but like yeah. you are killing people too i don't understand why you get to say that we have to die for this right. when like from gregory hayden's point of view i i had kind of pictured her like she's a petty theft thief or whatever but like she was the kind of pirate that's like paid by the crown to yeah. you know you know, whatever. So, like, she was legitimate, but, you know, if some things go missing out of people's pockets, like, whatever. And that's not wicked. <laughs> that's, that's just, that's like, just survival. life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Gibby yeah. was the same way. It was very much, uh, you know, the contracts he took, the, 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 the sort of trust he had in the Bardic Reform School that he went that you know, these people were selected not just because of money, but because there was a background there. Like, he felt that kinship a little bit with Saku, but didn't feel that Saku had done the correct diligence to make that decision to imprison people. And I think that yeah. came yeah. very clear as we went through it. As we ran into Gene, as we ran into other people, it was, no, this person doesn't doesn't kill people correctly or punish them in the proper way yeah. and that has to end i was kind of wondering if like 
she like when she started she's like okay well i'm just gonna kill people that like murder people okay fine and then like well i well fuck i killed all the murderers i guess i'll kill the people (laughs) that are stealing things and then she's like well i guess i'll kill the but i said nothing because i wasn't (laughs) a murderer (laughs) and then they came for me (laughs) <laughs> and, she, and finally she's just like i'll kill anybody that's like been near a prison i, I don't, don't know, know. <laughs> whatever i'm running out of options and yeah this necklace is real crazy around my neck so uh, yeah i, I think and the way also at the very end i mean i think gooby's decision was clear uh that his identity in his life was not as important as something much more symbolic. And also I think uh, he understood Zugnil in a way and sort of made that decision to not involve him in the Gregory Hayden continuation. Like yeah. Yeah. if, if Zegnil never wanted to, come along and be a part of it the new gregory hayden would be yeah. down for that but it was a decision that uh they've made they're unchanged they were unaffected by all of they stayed very much the person yeah. that yeah. they were and i think there was still a sense of also in that moment when i let go of the spell of comparing the two angers uh, seeing Goofy's internal anger at this person and seeing Zugnil's directed useful anger was very much a decision of him saying, I'm going to stop the spell and I will let, I will let this punishment go. That was in my brain, sort of a turning point of what would happen if we survived after that as well. Yeah. Right. And like, much... and Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I very much saw Gooby change in like it wasn't it wasn't like vocally, but you know when like when when Gregory Hayden died and Gooby had nothing to say because he was you know like that and that was the first time he had ever had nothing yeah. to say. Um, that said a lot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it it was it was like he was the last one to sort of be on board with this group. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I did yeah, feel Gregory like Hayden was. was absolutely she she probably would have gone either way. Like she she was down to kill that bitch. Like she would have just done it if she had the <laughs> strength or the power to do it. I mean, if she thought she could have hit enough natural twenties, she would have <laughs> killed her. But she she saw the different way that Zegnon handled everything and was willing to just be like, well, if he thinks it's important to save her, then I'm going to save her or mm-hmm. try. I mean, clearly I failed. And for Zegnon, like this whole experience was just a validation of the <laughs> quest that it started with, right? Like, yeah. It came, it, it went around like, you know, p- the people have anger and people do like one of two incorrect things with it. They <laughs> either like hide it away and pretend they're fine and that causes problems or they, you know, let that anger fly uh, uncontrolled and that causes problems too. And and uh, 
and it was clear that Saku was an example of a person who didn't have her uh, anger under control. And like, so like, sure, she was a villain. Sure, she like was doing terrible things. But as far as Zegnon was concerned, like at the end of that fight, like once she was down, that was an opportunity for a student, right? Like that was a, um, she was, she could have been like, Zegnon's first pupil after after this this all was over, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, like the Gregory Hayden and Kavinet had something to learn, but Zegnon just had something to prove. Yeah. And he proved it. Yeah. yeah. And we learned it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it 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 succeeded in its mission, like you said. It's yeah. It's been validated. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really think about how Zegnil, like beginning to end, is just this this noble creature and kind of <laughs> sticks with its thing. That was, you know, when I was writing, like I wrote the little rant that Saku would deliver if you guys challenged her on not being wicked, and uh, you know, obviously, the it takes kind of a a, a twist of the mind. For Saku to have said what she said, but yeah, I mean, this dude's just clearly like, you gotta, you gotta get that out, you gotta get that out in a, in a, in a positive, healthy way. <laughs> Everybody gets mad. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but that was, it was, I knew that it would provoke the whole group to be like, She's going down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hell um, no. When Saku said that Zegnild was a bad yeah. person. <laughs> I mean, that, that was, it was... And that, I think, solidified, like, her death sentence in Kobe's yeah. mind. Yeah. Like, you are really, really wrong about Zegnild. You did not do your due diligence, and that is just not... That is not done by a professional... Shame, shame. <laughs> we have standards. But uh, also very much why Gooey's first actions was to turn the crowd against her. Uh, everything oh, that he I... wanted to do was to make it clear in her, in her brain somehow that she was in the wrong. And so I'm like, yeah, I could do the spells up front and stuff but it was much more important from a character choice that i jump up on that stage and turn that crowd and make her understand how quickly everybody just disliked her i i'll, I'll say like i i designed that encounter and i assumed i was very silly in this assumption but that you guys wouldn't immediately go try to win the crowd over and that you'd gradually figure out like oh they're throwing stuff at us we should go we should tell them to throw stuff at different people. But Gooby immediately was like, hey, she yep. sucks. How about it, huh? Saku <laughs> is uh, the worst. Because <laughs> they all knew it. I mean, yeah. everyone knew it, but what were they going to do? Gonna, yeah, and I, it just sort of felt like as an in-character thing, the very the very first thing would would be making, making yeah. her... Doubt herself story, uh, and then he and then he got great roles yeah. on it too. So it was just like, yep. 
Oh, that last episode was the most fun I've ever had playing D&D. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. And so many like real, like, I feel like for us to have been this random podcast, yeah. like, I just want to say, I feel like it was such a success and I hope we can like keep this momentum for all the other ones. It's just like, we've, we've set the bar pretty high for ourselves because I think we had really genuine touching moments and obviously a ton of laughs and I don't know. I just like cared about all three yes. of those characters and, yeah. I, and I hated when, when Gregory Hayden died. I legitimately yeah. cried. And not only that, I cried later. Oh yeah. I, 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 <laughs> like, I agree with that statement. I, 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 was, I went downstairs I was very upset. and my husband, yeah, I went downstairs. <laughs> my husband's sitting on the couch and I had already texted him that I sent him that screenshot where it said deceased in the app and so I came downstairs and I just looked at him and I was just like, but. <laughs> oh, oh man, it was so sad. D&D giveth and D&D taketh away. <laughs> but it it so, gave it so much, so much importance. Yeah, it did, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah. that, that was a very important death for the story. I think it helped. Uh, both Zegnil and Gavidnit come up with very great ways to finish their arcs. Yeah. But um, while we're talking about like character death, one of the things we talked about very early on, and not on the show, but when we were talking about the concept of the show, the idea was that always like because these characters are randomly generated, they're probably not going to be that great. Someone's probably going to die. Like what? Uh, what do we do in that circumstance? <laughs> and so we had like a few contingencies. So we were like, if they die early on or like halfway through, um, then the per well, basically, if they die, the person rolls up a new character for yeah. the uh for the next. Which would have worked really good in this one because you just would have found someone else right. in a room. You know, yeah, um, it didn't occur for this one because, you know, Gregory died in the finale. But then the other thing we were saying is like, if a character survives, then somehow their mark is placed in the very random encounters multiverse. And I'm really <laughs> excited about this idea. Yeah, <laughs> the idea was like the original idea was like, oh, maybe, you know, if we end up playing like um, some like. Uh, modern noir game then the D, &D g game for season one is like the ancient the, the like pre-ancient past of this world that becomes <laughs> yeah. like a you know a uh like a noir well i want my next thing. character and, which oh sorry i'm sorry go ahead oh and i was just <laughs> gonna say so like maybe a character is a descendant of a character from another season or maybe like a mm. uh, region gets named after a character or something like that and it could even be like you know, and but you can even get more abstract than that. Like if we end up playing something that can't, you know, really can't fit with us in the same timeline, like maybe the actions that that Gavidnit had were so strong in this universe that his like um, Bardic. Uh, legacy sort of bleeds yeah. over into another universe and there ends up being like a planet Gavidnet or whatever and like Traveler if we play that. Oh, Traveler. Yeah, I was gonna say because um, I, I mean, I don't know what we're doing next and I think you said in the preamble to the penultimate episode that like 
we're going to do it randomly and decide whoever. So I have no idea what we're doing, but my next character will have an homage to Steamy in some way. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, hey, let's roll for who's the next DM. No, I want to, I want to, before we do that, I want to have do that as the last thing. There are some things I want to uh, talk okay, about okay. that like, I think we were talking about like how great the season was. I want to talk about some things that I think could be changed and be we, we like things we should change to make season two better. We already yeah, talked okay. about probably no secret. Yep. Word. That's sort of a small <laughs> no, yeah, no, no more, more ever. Um, The main other thing I want to talk about is like. I was talking to someone who had listened to um, our episode. And at that point they had listened up to episode four and they said, yeah, I sort of felt like episode four, it felt like a lot of filler. So I was thinking, and it was way like they were sort of catching up. And so I had to think back like, okay, what happened in episode four? And I'm thinking like, well, okay, we, uh, uh, that's the episode that ends with us meeting Jane. We met Shristrom in that, in that, episode that's when we started climbing through the ducks and i was thinking like you know i feel like we did a lot there we made a lot of progress towards <laughs> the end but then i realized like the reason this person had that opinion or at least my guess is like when a typical D uh dungeon adventure is designed that's not randomly generated like think of like i don't know but like when a typical D dungeon is is designed you put like steps along the way for like, you know, this encounter foreshadows this later mm -hmm. encounter, like this encounter will foreshadow the boss at the end. So like, even though it is just like a pile of kobolds in the middle of um, this dungeon, like they're pointing you towards how this story is going to end. And we certainly did a little bit of that, but like when everything is random or when most things are random, a lot of the encounters just f don't feel plot relevant. It just feels like a challenge that's in the way. Like when, as far as the audience is concerned, like our purpose is to get out of this dungeon, kill Saku, and then we're done. And <laughs> everything else is like, because it's so random and like sometimes a bit like incongruous, like it doesn't feel like a step towards that. It just feels like, time it just feels like a hunk of time that has to pass before that happens so i was like thinking of like how do we solve that problem because it's kind of inherent in what makes our show great it's sort of like an inherent byproduct of what makes our show great and so one thing i was thinking of proposing was like the only way that feels true to the spirit of the show is is doing it in a way that adds more randomness to the picture <laughs> so i was thinking like of creating our because you know you're using a lot of like uh charts and you made some of your own but a lot of your charts were things made by other folks because dnd yeah. is a game that a ton of people play and a ton of people have need for randomly generated content for uh, but when we move into other systems like there won't be that many uh resources so we'll probably have to make some of our own and i think one of them we should make is like a random plot relevant thing happens chart like maybe one of the items is like an ally of the players betrays them or like the 
the villain sends a scout to find uh, to try and and find the players this session or um I like that because I've been struggling a lot. Like, okay, again, this goes all back to my inexperience with this kind of stuff, but I'm learning how to play Call of Cthulhu for when it's my turn to be the DM. And I, because I'm so very immersed in the Lovecraft mythos, it's hard for me to see, because I don't know how to be a DM, but I do know how Lovecraft goes. I I I struggle with like how how to create as much randomness as Logan did but still have it make a story that makes sense in the setting that I'm trying to make the story in. Yeah, I think D&D is certainly the I mean uh, what Logan did is no small feat, but I think no. D&D is is the easiest yes. is probably the easiest one to do this with. Um yeah. But but also okay, so I'll say that for all of you guys, no matter, I mean, like, we'll all eventually get a turn, I I hope. Um, but don't feel so daunted or feel like it's all on you because it's certainly not. Like, I I did not make this whole story. We all did. We all collectively, like, you guys decided that to talk to the scorpions instead of just murder them, even though they're big monstrous scorpions, you guys decided that I don't know, like not to, to go up into the ducks when I, you know, like just had that as that's where the scorpions stay when they're not working on the thing. And I mean, you know, that's a whole giant section that I wasn't really planning for, but it was cool. And so we're all we're all helping each other in this. And so even if there isn't a, a large I, I definitely had a crutch in that there's tons of randomizer content, but don't feel daunted. Because we, yeah, I we're get, all going to help this out. Yeah, I get that aspect of it. I think what I've been worried about is like having it not feel as random because there's not as much. Like, even if I did it where like every single monster in that could remotely be in the Lovecraft myth- mythos is on the random list, it's never going to feel as random as what D&D can do because it's just not as big of a universe. Yeah. You know you see what I'm saying? Yeah, and I don't know yeah. that that's a I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah, I, don't think I think it's, it's a something bad that thing. we need to Yeah, I think it's something we need to set the expectation with our audience yeah. though. Yeah. I mean, I think to, yeah, so that, and I, I mean to to Travis's point and and sort of to think what's hard when you're doing a storytelling and random is finding the balance between random and story. And I think meaningful, mean, yeah. like, I mean, eventually all the things that happened in episode four and things with Jean, they all ended up paying off, but it's sort of the, the issue of, I mean, even, and I'll say this from running mythical, the other podcast, even things that have meaning, like there isn't a spare character in, in those, in those arcs that didn't have meaning they just don't necessarily pay off right away and sometimes it's a while before that that comes up and that's that's just going to have to be a nature of something that we have to accept and i don't think it's a terrible thing that 
when we say we randomize as many things as possible that some systems that's not going to be as much as other ones have yeah i mean yeah, it, yeah. you know i i'm i have my plans for a couple of things and it, it's just like i'll i'll randomize a lot but there's still a lot that just that just can't be randomized and and that's yeah. going to be that's just going to be the nature of as we explore these systems as we explore this format what what can and what can't happen and and, and they're all going to be different and they're all going to feel very different and i think that's just that is just something that will be and i think that's okay yeah and i i I guess I guess my suggestion with some sort of random plot event table for each session is just like I think that's the lesson I learned from this season about how to tell a story with so much gen with yeah. so much like randomly generated content is like there are some times where it feels like the characters are facing challenges but aren't facing challenges that feel immediately relevant to their goal. And I think a lot of the time that's okay, but at least one time in each session, yes. it something should like immediately point to the end game and that's difficult to do randomly unless you're very intentional about it. So that that's why I suggest that. Yeah, yeah. and I think it's a yeah. good idea. idea. I think it's a it's it's a testament to Logan and to D and D that he was able because he basically just said, "Well, I just took these random things and then I made those into a story." <laughs> Whereas when I look at games for Call of Cthulhu, I, I'm really leaning more towards I'm going to write a story and then I'm going to have a lot of random elements in it, so yeah. that I'll make random elements before and during but at the same time mine is probably going to be like the overarching story is my story and the little things that happen inside of it are random and i think i think that's absolutely acceptable yeah and i think it is too i just think it is very important to me that the audience understands like yeah mm -hmm. We're we're very different people playing very different games, and all all of us are gonna do it very differently. Yep. I hope everyone expects that every season of a show called Very Random Encounters <laughs> is gonna be wildly yeah. different. I hope yeah. so too, yeah. but I do feel like you're not wrong. Like you set the bar at like a hundred, and now we <laughs> kind of have to get there. <laughs> <laughs> I I believe in us, and and I'm serious. Yeah. Like this was collective storytelling. Yeah. We. We all set the bar for ourselves. And, and, and yeah, I mean, we're not doing this. We learned a lot season one, and I think yes. that it will inform everything we do going forward. For sure. Yeah. Were you asking a okay. question, Travis? Uh, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> do we want to just get to the part at the end where we... So the, uh, do we want to get to the part of the end where, the, where we determine the DM? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can or I, GM, as, the, as, it is. Oh, yeah. as the GM of the first season, can I be the one to roll the dice to determine who's the GM yep. for the next season? Sure. Are we, we going to do the we, thing where we're up front 
about me? Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so uh, we we decided oh go ahead. Okay, yeah. Um we're not my name is not in the hat for this one because I'm still too green at this. I need another season's worth of time to practice DMing some sessions myself, GMing, um, just like within the Call of Cthulhu system and just kind of learning how to do it. So I'm going to spend a season doing that and then we'll put my name in the hat for the next one. Yes. yes. And I think so, like uh, it's important to, for our audience to remember like, sure, someone who's new to pen and paper RPGs can run a session for their friends who might also be new at it. But this is really different because we're doing it for an yeah, audience. It's a very like, different base. We're doing it for an yeah. audience and it's a random thing and like all of it There's together so is factors. just a little overwhelming for me. So Yeah. 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 Okay, so since that's the case, well, I guess we'll normally have a D6 and then it'll be like one, two is somebody, two, three, or three, four is I just wish that anyone had made like a currency that you could yeah. like um like spin with your like you could like flip it into the air. Toss it, and it would spin and, and maybe about. you had like have like a head on one no. side and maybe Never like a tail on the no. other. That is that is no I'm that is not a thing. Who puts a that tail? That's not what on we do in this show. But... We roll dice. And this is a D four. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one and two. Greg is three and four. Cool. All right. Here goes. All right. It's a three. Okay. <laughs> so, so that'll be me then, huh? Okay. All right. So are you gonna tell us the system, or are we gonna end it on that? Uh, well, the next thing we're oh, doing definitely. is is the filler episode, and then at the end of that, yes. we'll announce the system. Okay. But, you know. Do we know what our next filler episode yep, is going to be? I have that set. Our one shot? Yep. Okay. Do we want to talk about that a yeah. little bit? The next thing, I, I will be running a one shot uh, called Monster of the Week. Uh, the thing about the system is there's, like the character creation, there's enough elements that, that the decisions will be taken out of your hands. You, there will be a lot of random things determined on those characters. But the way the system is set up, it's the powered by the apocalypse system that the random things mm -hmm. chosen are not going to be bad. Like there's no right. there's no way to make a non like a super terrible character, which is fine, uh, given the fact that it's that it's it's a one shot system and the and the monster of the week which is like the buffy supernatural blah 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 things where the, where the evil is is weighted against you i think that will be uh, there's enough in there and enough randomness in in there that it it will still feel in spirit and it's i think it's good for a, a very short dip into that pool as we get prepped for what will be officially season two, which I will pick it up. It might be a Ooh. few episodes of that one shot because most one shots aren't like, all right, we recorded for 50 minutes right. and now we're like, we're yeah, yeah. so it might be like a few episodes yep. of yeah. that just to like do yeah. it justice. Yeah. yeah. One shot we're, to we're us. Just, yeah. We're just going to sit down and record it. And if it takes two hours, it'll be two episodes. Yep. If it takes three hours, it'll yeah. be three episodes. That kind of thing. And then, nice. then well, I, the awesome. only hint I'll give is is get your summer blockbuster goggles ready for what I have planned. <laughs> I've seen no <laughs> movie ever, so <sighs> <laughs> the so movies hard. that you have seen, you've definitely forgotten. So well, that's true too. <laughs> oh, Logan, you know me so well. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, um, hey, everybody who's listening, if you like our show and you've listened to this, like you must really like our show. Dang. <laughs> um, if you could tell a friend or, you know, just share this, that would be totally fun. Oh, yeah, rad. that'd be real good. We'd, we'd like that a lot. <laughs> give, us a, give us five stars or like however many stars you want. And, no. uh, but, impor- but mostly five. But most importantly, leave a review. It really helps us out. Yes. And I'm never gonna do Gregory Hayden's voice again. Oh no, ever. Oh no, because you know, <laughs> Gavitin has to learn how to do that now. You know. Yeah, that's true. Good luck with that, buddy. Uh, right? Please, please do Gavitin's Gregory Hayden right now. You know. Hold on, hold on. You know, do do the outro. Do the outro as Gavitin's Gregory Hayden, please. <laughs> what is what is what is the official outro? Do you want me to do the find us um, on Facebook? The Twitters. No, nah, we can't. I mean, sure, yeah, do that. Yes, is that right? Right. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know. So yeah, you know, you gotta find us. You know, like on the Facebook or you know, like whatever. And, you know, it's gonna be Facebook <laughs> so at uh, Facebook dot com <laughs> at the you know VRE cast. But you know, you can do ugh, whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, and you could like find us at you know on the Twitter at twitter dot com dot VRE cast. But you know. You do whatever you want to do, I guess. Uh, <laughs> former Gregory Hayden is at Yasef Bridge, and uh, Gvidnant, now new Gregory Hayden, is at White Wing. Zegnil is still at the Travis W. And, well, you know, whatever God is now used to be at Logan Jenkins. So, you know, that's what's happening. <laughs> For the the bonus after the after the end thing, my Twitter uh-huh. is Yosaf Bridge. It's from Firefly. The um Saffron, the redheaded chick. At some point, Look, Mal calls her Yosaf Bridge. Have I ever Bridge. seen Firefly? No, I have not. <laughs> oh well, I don't know about other people's statuses of seeing Firefly, but I'm just saying. There's a redheaded chick that goes yeah, by yeah. Yolanda, and then later Saffron, and then later Bridget, and he calls her Yosef Bridge, and that's what my Twitter handle is. Oh. So that's what that Yosef is. Yosef yeah. Bridge. Yosef Bridge. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's all. We all have. I mean, mine's, I'm going to bed mine's now. Mine's not my name either, in case you didn't guess that at White Wing is not my actual name. <laughs> My name's not Logan Jenkins. Yes, it is. What a twist. <laughs> Logan Jenkins. <laughs> uh, <laughs> any, anyway. I hope all of this makes I'm it in. I'm just going to stop Yeah, we're going to stop now. Oh, yeah, we're done. Right, yeah. Yeah. I am going to pass out, so goodbye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>